Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Oh my god guys oh my god how long has it been like truly i think it's been at least two or three months so one let me explain myself really quickly i definitely just took an unannounced hiatus um as i mentioned in the past i uh, was dealing with like a lot of health procedures and things like that that were taking up a lot of my time. And then the next thing that happened was after all of these health procedures, I then had to start, uh, well, I started getting denials of the procedure from my health insurance, which basically just meant I was getting bills being like, hey, we saw you had this thing. We actually aren't okay with that. We're not paying for it, which is really fucking weird because uh, the offices, the doctors and offices before a procedure is done have to have it approved by insurance, right? Or they like let you know, like, hey, this wasn't approved. So even when I reached out to the fucking doctors being like, what the fuck is going on? They were like, what the fuck is going on? So just became a thing that became so time consuming of having to be on the phone with the insurance companies with my doctors and I'm not even done yet to be fully honest I think I had four deny I think it's called like denial of service whatever like the the term is I've got one more I have to deal with that has uh that I've put in a claim and then even that claim got denied and so now they're the doctors are like using like uh, I don't even know. I'm like, well, what's next? Because I have to do it's like, let me know because I have like another like throngs. I don't know, like a shit ton of paperwork that I need to get started if uh, y'all don't think this can be fixed on your end. And that's to say like the doctors, the, the whole office has been great um, and I'm very thankful for them. But it's been truly a mind fuck of having to deal with this, especially when you're paying like, you know, a shit ton of money to have insurance. And it's been very very infuriating and long story short again like I just said I feel like I'm repeating myself I had to take a break I reached out to my producers and was like I can't do all of these things at once the podcast was struggling I could feel it when I was you know interviewing I could listen I could hear it when I listened to the episodes it wasn't at the caliber that I wanted it to be at so I took an unannounced hiatus to get all of that in check to be in a better spot to be a better host and interviewer and performer to be honest because this is content this is things that you want to listen to and you want it to be good and i expect it to be good as well so hi how are you welcome back to awkward second city and people have asked you i'm okay long story short it was like three different biopsies in three different parts of my body to make sure three different parts of my body did not have cancer And now the best part is, as I start recording again, is all of these biopsies and procedures, it was recommended to do the procedure uh, again uh, in six months, which is a fun fact now. Um, So I am actually about to have to do 
these procedures again uh, very soon in a month and start the whole process all over again. Except this time, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit smarter about it and like legit call uh, my insurance first to be like, is this covered? Like what's going on? So we'll see. Who knows? I am just very happy to be back. I'm very happy to be back here. I didn't want you to think that the podcast was just done. It wasn't. I was just taking a moment. And again, I highly recommend to anyone, if you need a moment, take a moment. And guess what? You don't owe anyone an explanation, even though I just gave you one. But I didn't give you one at that time. You know, it was just like, this is the right move. Um, But I'm very excited. We are back. I wanted to make sure I had episodes banked y'all so when i do start doing this procedure then maybe have to deal with more insurance shit down the road we've got stuff lined up um so yay so excited for that so excited for this episode i do have a guest she's been on the podcast before pamela anderson fucking hilarious comedian was so so happy to have her back and before i forget i just want to shout out she has a show weekly every tuesday called just come at the gram in east williamsburg um it's every week it's always got a great cast her and her co-host you're gonna love it if you're in the city definitely go see it and then you can also follow her at pam not anderson on the socials and she's very funny on all the socials i highly recommend and to be honest this episode goes everywhere um it's one of my favorite type of episodes where it's just you know a guest so easy to talk to such an open book we talk about death sex and death grief where you need to be mentally to like be in a relationship great sex not great sex what she's looking for when dating all over the place in the best way possible and i just think you are gonna like it and again just glad to be back y'all glad to be back glad to be with you can't wait to hear from you talk more and really enjoy the episode so what has been up since we've talked like sex and dating wise well oopsies i'm sleeping with comedians again oh no i know oh no and i had gone a long time without doing that like a Mm -hmm. let me tell you like i hadn't done it since I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I probably have mentioned it. I was sleeping with someone in like March 2019 who was mm-hmm. a comedian. And I used the past tense because he died. So <laughs> I know. We have not talked about this. Oh, okay. So he died. It was very sudden. He was like a young person. He was 30, right? Oh my God. Uh... He was like my age. So he passed away. And then I didn't have sex with a comedian or anyone else for a very long time until I want to say August 2020. Okay. Okay. Because I was just very depressed and not feeling sexual. And then when I got back to the city, I got back to the city maybe like last June. I, I only grew up an hour away. So I was with my mm-hmm. dad hanging out in the suburbs because I don't get to see him enough as it is. And he's, you know, a widower, et cetera. And I had a friend with benefits when I was back in Connecticut who I've known for years. Like I had been sleeping with this person since like 2013. Then when I got back to the city, I was like feeling good. I was feeling rejuvenated from just like having been forced to take care of myself instead of do comedy <laughs> all the time. And I was like, all right, let's dive back into the comedian uh, little cesspool. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I've been like sleeping with comedians again since not a huge amount, only like maybe two or three. Yeah, since July. 
think it's been three. Yeah. One of them, my mind has already decided to block out. So I keep forgetting, but so that's, what's been happening. And I've also jumped on Tinder exclusively to date women. Okay. Cause I am bisexual and I find that like, I have to make more of an effort to find women to date, you know, men are just kind of around there. They're always around. They're always barking at me. So I was like, all right, I'll get on Tinder to meet women. And that's what I've been up to. I've been in more of a hoe phase than anything else, I think. Well, I love that. I think everyone should do a hoe phase more than once. Has it gotten better with male comedians since the pandemic? Like, did they also, you know, quote unquote, do the work? Did they, did they work on themselves? Well, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think some of them, they've been working on their acts and they've been working on themselves. Um, I think at this point, I've been doing comedy since I was 23 and I think I've just like, I'm better at dating in general, even like in the sense of keeping it casual, but I, I also just have better taste. Like I'm so much more discerning and I'm so much better at figuring out like, okay, this person is both not a scumbag and will not annoy me, which is the more, mm. really the more important thing. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I, I'm like, I don't want to be a, annoyed by someone that I'm not even properly dating mm -hmm. you want it to be a good time yeah I need it to be fun even if it's like yeah so have they gotten better I've gotten better I've gotten better at dealing with people and like understanding myself and my own emotions and my own body and all of that so the set the sex is definitely better I'll tell you that okay that's awesome. Yeah, that's where I am with that, I think. So this is like kind of a morbid question. Please, by all means. Like, I'm such an open book. I, it, when you said the, the um, comedian that died, it reminded me of, um, I did not have sex with this person. This guy was terrible to me, but I was definitely obsessed with him and like wanted uh, us to date. And he like, this is like truly embarrassing. He like taught me how to like, you know, French kiss because I was definitely like bad at it. And he was just like a shitty person in general, just a terrible person would like sort of cheat on me when I'm like in the other room. Mm. Okay. That's a lot of backstory because I want everyone to hate him. Um, He died. Oh, wow. He died in his 20s. And I found out because I was like, oh my God, what's going on with this dude, mm -hmm. you know? And Facebooked him and he had died. And everyone said it was like vague. It was like a heart thing. And I was like, oh, so a drug overdose. Right. Like he was in drug, like into drugs. I think like cocaine, um, which, you know, too much could have, you know, some pretty bad issues. And again, that's all speculation. And I like didn't care. I was just like, yeah, you died. You were really shitty <laughs> and you died. And like, I like, I will think about him every once in a while being like, is that really fucked up that that was my reaction? Like, I didn't feel like any remorse. And then my question is for you, how did you feel when your person died well i bet you anything that you were not the only person who felt that way about him mm -hmm. but also like you know that that also had to do with like your relationship with him so you were just like oh okay what a weird mm -hmm. blip on the radar for me so like when he passed away which again was like a sudden thing they and it was like an accident it wasn't we know that it was not a suicide so his family like came mm -hmm. out publicly and said that and so I had seen him like that Sunday we'd like hooked up again. And then I went home because he lived in Bushwick and I live in Manhattan, went home and I we were like, Oh yeah, let's do this again. Like next weekend. So I expected to hear from him by like, probably like Thursday if I was going to see him that weekend. Right. 
I'd get like a text or something on Facebook and then I didn't hear from him. And I, and I was like, oh, he's busy or like, he's already lost interest. Like that's both of which are completely fair. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, but I'm going to see him around soon anyway, because of our social circles and like the Bushwick comedy scene. And then that it ends up that he'd actually passed away on Thursday. And then on Friday, I found out the next day. That was when everyone found out. And I did find out through Facebook, which is not, it's not an ideal way to find out that news, like regardless of how you know that person, there's something really like dystopian about it to me. I'm just like, this isn't how, but anyway, so I I was on Facebook because I was like, you know, I was, I had like a blogging gig. Oh, Jesus. That's so embarrassing to say aloud, but. Don't worry. I had a blog. (laughs) Awkward sex was a blog first. That's cool. That's cool though. I was writing about like Chrissy Teigen's Instagram comments. Oh, okay. Okay. Which was like not as fun. So I find out on Facebook and I'm immediately like, immediately I'm like crying and sort of walking around the room and like pacing and wringing my hands. And I, I check my phone and I see that my friend Kendall, my sweet friend Kendall Farrell had texted me like, Hey, call, call me when you can. He was trying to keep me from like, he wanted to be able to tell me. And so I called him and he's crying too. He was walking dogs at the time. So he's like walking a dog and crying into the phone and talking to me. So I was just, I was so shocked. That was the thing. I think that everyone was collectively very, just completely shocked because it was so sudden and he was so young. So I was just like really surprised and was like, wow, I don't, luckily I have a therapist because it was just such a weird, such a bizarre experience. So that happened. And then on Sunday, so like literally a week later from the last time I'd seen him, we're at this wake, right? Oh my God. In in Brooklyn. And uh, they do like the open casket thing and his parents and his sister are there. And it, and then the rest of it's like almost all comedians. People had like flown in from the Midwest because um, he started in, in Minneapolis. They'd come in from LA. and. Um, really great showing. He was very beloved, you know, Mm -hmm. for good reason. And so I was just grieving and shocked. And also like, there's something about experiencing grief. It like dredges up, like for me, it dredges up like like, previous losses. So like, it just makes me think of like my mom passing away, even though those things aren't connected. Mm -hmm. I was just, and then we went to old Stanley's and and that was, and we drank and we ate hot dogs and pretzels and we went to go smoke weed on Kendall's roof because that's how comedians grieve, I guess. Yeah. Fuck. That is rough. That is so rough. And like, it, it's crazy how like, um, just because I just like rewatched New Girl, there was that episode mm -hmm, and then Sex and the City does it too. There's an episode where like, they think the person's ignoring them, but they die. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how, and how differently, like it's actually handled. Like they make it humorous, right. Of like, Oh, what a, you know, error comedy of errors. And when actually like when you're talking about it, it's a really fucking sad thing. Like someone has died. Mm -hmm. Like people are affected. We'll never be able to experience this person again in any way, shape or form, like in the, like a physical sense. And then just like seeing these shows, Again, it just happened, like, back-to-back because I just started Sex and the City 2 again. And I was like, damn, like, this, like, isn't... Like, I get where they're going with it, but, like, putting, like, a real person, like, a real name to it really is a whole different experience of, 
what they were mocking. It's like, this is, that's kind of fucked up. I always assume that if you see something on a show that is kind of arch or very, very specific, I'm like, this came out of a story someone told in the writer's room. So maybe what Mm. you're seeing isn't exactly what happened to someone there, but it like, it was probably at least inspired by something. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I bet somebody in like the new girls writer room had that happen to them or a friend or something. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That would be my assumption. But yeah, something it's way funnier on a sitcom. (laughs) Yeah. Way funnier on a Fox sitcom uh, where it can be okay for children. Did it affect your sex life, like, after that? Like, Yeah, I didn't have sex for over a year. So, like... Yeah, I don't don't think I'd be able to either. Yeah, that was in, like, March 2019, and then I didn't have sex till, like, I think August 2020. Oh, that's rough, because then a year from that was March 2020, which we all know what that was. And for the record, it's not because no one was interested, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But I just genuinely felt too depressed and too I just I did what I always do when I when I grieve which is try to completely pretend it didn't happen and then throw myself into whatever things can distract me from my feelings so that's like comedy that's I basically self-medicating with like tv and pot and like hanging out late in Bushwick when I should be sleeping in my apartment in Manhattan things like that you know um, yeah. where I'm like, no, I'm actually, everything's fine. And I'm having a lot of fun. I'm busy, actually. It's like, yeah, you should take care of yourself. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened where everyone was depressed <laughs> and fucked up. And like, just the the pandemic fucked up, like my sex life. And like, I'm in a relationship. Like I was like living with the person. And I think we went it might have been like two or like two and a half, three months where I was like, I just don't want to have, like, I can't, I cannot have sex and not even like sex with, with my like partner. It was like, I don't want to masturbate. I don't want anything. Nothing. It's just like cobwebs down there. Nothing's happening. And I don't think it was until maybe May or June when it just started getting nice outside. And like, I think shit started to turn around for me. I don't like, I don't know. Like it was like, it was definitely like, dire and that was just you know not with someone that I knew personally dying I realized at some point in my late 20s like oh you can actually be too tired and or depressed to masturbate even Mm -hmm. like I didn't let alone me getting ready for sex is like at least an hour and a half like process I'm like okay well gotta shower gotta try and shave my legs which are just like I'm Italian American and my parents are additionally just like very hairy. Like we're hairy people just genetically we are. And so then I have to like, I have to wash my hair. If I go a day without washing it, it looks like I've been doused in olive oil. And so then I have to like do all of that. I'm like, I'm like tweezing like my areola. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is insane. Um, It takes so much to get ready to actually go see someone. And then I have to get on a train potentially mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know about that so yeah you could be <laughs> depression can require too much effort of you let alone sex let alone whatever that might look like for you so for me it would be like more of a casual scenario but yeah also i've been in relationships where like there y- there's such an ebb and a flow 
to things. Like your mm-hmm. sex drive is so not, it's not linear. Oh yeah. And it's definitely something that I wish we were taught because we definitely weren't taught that. We were taught like you should always be having sex. You should always wanting to have sex with like your partner or people. And that's, like you said, it's not true. It ebbs and flows. And so many things around you are going to affect that, right? And like anyone can become depressed. Like I feel like when I was growing up, they'd be like only certain people deal with this. And it's like, actually it's everyone, especially when it's a global pandemic and we're like in the epicenter of it all. Like it's going to fuck up everyone. And like, that's just like one example, like grief, how we're going to deal with grief. I've only dealt with like one major person in my family dying and I had a terrible relationship with them and come to find out through therapy they were like oh yeah like your grief's gonna be worse because it was more complicated and that wrecked my sex life for a good time that wrecked me without even realizing it for a good like 18 months in therapy too and just not even realizing like what was going on because of this terrible person in my life that had died you know it's just like we never talk about that and I hate that because then you feel so isolated and alone when really you do have this whole world of people that are having very similar and unique situations, but could like, you know, talk about it and, you know, get to better spot if we had better education around that and like open talks about that. Oh, yeah. Like people, especially growing up as a young woman, people are like, men always want to fuck and they're always going to be trying to fuck you. <laughs> and then if that doesn't happen, you're like, am I maybe like at Shrek levels of unfuckable? And it's like, no, that's not, that's like so insanely hyperbolic. Men are people Mm -hmm. and they have, male sexuality isn't necessarily like flipping a switch or like turning on a jackhammer or whatever weird metaphor people want to use. Like, and also Mm -hmm. men get depressed and like men have mental health issues and that that affects their libido and that affects their sex lives. You know, like it just, it affects physical intimacy. It's not weird. Like, I don't know why straight men were always portrayed as being like, just like wolves, just like insatiably horny, no matter what else was happening. And I'm not going to say that that's like 0% true. I've been amazed at the things that men have tried to fuck through. Like, even at the onset of the pandemic, dudes were still texting me being like, are you okay? Like, I can bring over soup. And it's like, get away from me. I can't be around anyone right now. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so true. I'm getting back to, like, normal levels of catcalling, which at (laughs) first I kind of missed. And now, like, yesterday I was, like, in my own, like, I was, like, walking to a show, like, was in my own, like, little world, headphones on, having a blast, listening to probably, like, Cobra Starship, something, like, super embarrassing, um, early odds pop. And this guy did that thing where you're not looking at him so he gets completely in your way and it's so scary because you are totally zoned out and all of a sudden here's this like massive dude in front of you and you're like what the fuck's about to happen and you actually go into flight or fight for a second uh and then you're like oh this guy's just being annoying annoying. he's just being annoying creep and i wasn't giving him any attention because i didn't fucking even notice him because i don't have to notice him i don't remember what made me think of that uh, something you said. Oh, like but... post-pandemic. Male horniness can can be a resilient force. Like, I'll say that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can I say that post-pandemic, the catcalling, I literally just have a conversation. Like, I'm just like, thank you. How are you doing? Like, I just have a conversation with them. Like, in my early 20s, I thought catcalling was, like, maybe the worst thing that could ever happen to me because mm-hmm. in some ways it was because I was very privileged and remain so. But, and now I'm just like, 
oh, what's up? Like, I think I'm so unafraid of living in the city at this point because things have already happened and they're still happening. Like, the city is so wild. Like, I'm lucky it's never, you know, like, escalated too much. But, like, I've, you know, someone, like, has come up to me and grabbed my ass on my block, Mm. turned around. It's, like, literally a drunk homeless guy. He's, like, has, you know, a drink and a brown paper bag. I'm, like, oh, my God. I'm just trying to go to CVS. (laughs) CVS, my safe place. I love it. Oh, love CVS. You have no idea. I it's wild but i used to work at cvs did you really not here in the city i could never because people are awful to employees in retail in the city but i did for um i think from like 16 to 18 i worked at cvs yeah wow crazy shit yeah so i do i get it i get it what can you tell me are most of the coupons fake what's going on i need like a cvs conspiracy theory confirmed so the biggest thing that happened at my store was I always liked this manager. Um, she was always good to me, but there was always issues with like the tills, uh, like the money never added up. And so they would be like shady to all the employees being like, oh, it's like one of y'all turned out it was the manager just stealing money. And she got like arrested, like out of the CVS. Oh my God. It's so dramatic. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. 
Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. All the coupons are the legit, at least when I work there. Like, they are legit. Mm-hmm. A lot of things do go on sale after a while. Like, if you're, like, kind of, like, eye it. Baby formula is the number one thing that's going to get stolen, which is so annoying because it's, like, let people... Let people feed their babies. Feed their babies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... they All retail stores are, like, make sure people don't steal. And I'm, like, I don't give a shit. Like, uh, I used to work at Trader Joe's, and they would run after people who had shoplifted and I'm like I'm not going to do anything I'm not going to tell any manager someone's stealing food because they probably need probably need it yeah yeah so who cares like who fucking cares you billion dollar company and same with CVS my understanding was that if you worked at like like I guess a drugstore like a CVS or a Walgreens or whatever that as an employee there if you saw someone shoplifting you were just supposed to let them do their thing because you could be I guess the company could be held legally liable if there were like if something happened when you were trying to like apprehend them or something, you are not supposed to do anything once they leave. Oh, okay. Like you, like Trader Joe's, like Trader Joe's, they run after people. You are not supposed to run after people because you could then become liable uh, for if anything got hurt inside the stores. I think it's a whole different thing. You're like on their territory, but the moment they walk outside, you're not supposed to do like anything. That's why there's so much security like inside. Right. So the key is like run. The key is like yeah, get out of the store as quickly as possible. Yeah, just fucking run. At least in New York City, just fucking run. They're not going to do shit. Unless it's Trader Joe's, they are going to run after you for managers and no one's going to be able to reach you because they're all like out of shape and overweight. Like no one's going to grab you. I was going to say like, listen, since I started strength training, if I've got a pair of sneakers on, yeah, good luck. Yeah, you could do it. <laughs> That's how you get through. Also, Trader Joe's, just FYI for anyone listening, you can eat the food 
like you could buy food, eat it, bring back the bags and be like, oh, I didn't like it and get a refund. And I don't think people realize that because like they'll be mad, the employees, but like that is our policy. If you didn't like the food, man, like bring it back. Like that's all Trader Joe's like full like thing is like we want to make sure you're happy. So -hmm. sometimes people would come in and be like, I didn't like this baguette. I didn't like this like frozen pizza. And then everyone would be like, oh, they totally ate it. But it's like, also, who cares? Like, if that's how they're going to make make sure that they're, like, fed properly, who gives a shit? We literally said that was what we would do. Yeah. Um, I could go on. Sorry. This is nothing about sex. I could go on about, like, retail's bullshit forever. No, like, that is so fascinating to me. One of my exes manages a Trader Joe's in Connecticut. And he... Oh, my God. Uh, let me be honest. Some of the best sex I've ever had. Mm, sex okay. I've ever had and he was already working at Trader Joe's at that point he was oh god my early 20s so this is like when I was still in college he was a bassist in a noise rock band I already love it yeah that I believe was called Sunshine Detox uh which they thought was funny because it sounded like a rehab uh-huh. probably is a rehab if you were to google it but mm-hmm. he was doing that and he was working at Trader Joe's and he was like a childhood friend that I'd run into around town after we were all grown up. And I was like, oh my God, Steve got hot. Like the intervening years have been good to Steve. <laughs> oh, but you know who gave me the idea to date him or at least sleep with him? And I'm sure she lived to regret it was my mom because we ran into him together. Oh my God. When he was, this is pre Trader Joe's, he was working at a cashier at Walgreens. And he, we ran into him and he was taking a smoke break or whatever. And we talked and uh, my mom was like, Steve got really cute. And I was like, yeah, Steve did get really cute. So that was her fault. And also my mom and I had the same taste (laughs) in men. It was very disgusting. Like, but it makes sense. But she absolutely understood what I was into. (laughs) I was like, it's so weird that we have the same taste. And she's like, yeah, your dad. That's the taste. That's our taste. And I was like, I was going to say, would you date your dad like in a different form? Oh, a young version of my dad. Yes. Yeah. Actually, one of the guys I'm, I'm fucking right now doesn't not look like my dad did at 27. <laughs> like there's, I had to be honest, a lot of similarities. Like, oh my yeah. God. But that's, you know what? I, I embrace it. It's like, you like what you like. And like, it's from a variety of factors. and like, you don't have control over that, you know? Oh, totally. What made sex with Steve, Steve, Steven, mm-hmm. Steve, uh, some of the best sex, if you remember? I wish I could tell you. It was truly inexplicable. So one of his exes, actually, who I never met, and I, I wish I'd been able to, but she was a sex worker for a long time. She was a cam girl for like 10 years, and she was very, very successful. There were actually like two separate times. And maybe this is because I kept Googling her username, but two separate times in college, I was trying to, you know, find some adult entertainment on the internet. And, you know, you get the cam girl pop-ups on the tube sites and Mm. she was twice it popped up and it was her. And I was like, Brittany. And it's that thing where she's like talking to customers, just like trying to get people to go private and things like that. I was like, oh my God, Brittany. And I would just X out because it was very jarring. But she was really, mm-hmm. really good at that job because she had amazing client service skills and was really good at interacting with people, which is what they want. They want like an interactive, personalized experience, or you could just watch porn, right? Exactly. Anyway, so she, 
I was very uh, happy to, to learn through him that like she said that he just had a magical penis and that the sex was really good because he was just somehow really good at it. And he was well hung, but I'm not a size queen personally. <laughs> I use that term in a playful way. <laughs> Not like a pejorative. Uh, not not as if, you know, size queens have... There's never been an amendment that's kept size queens from voting. It's not that serious. But <laughs> anyway, I've never been a size queen, but he just like... I don't know. Maybe it, uh, maybe it made an impression because up until that point, I mean, I was still in college. I hadn't had good sex, you know? Mm, okay. I didn't even... I didn't even make myself come until I was like 19. So... Maybe it made more of an impression because I was less experienced, but I think he just was inexplicably good at it. I don't know. It was weird. He wasn't even like the most sexual person or something. He just like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It was, it was, he was just very blessed in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like some people are just good at it. It's like how some people are just like good at math. Like they just like, it's unexplainable. They just are, yeah. uh, wasn't taught. But yeah, I guess you can be with sex too. I'm so glad you got to to have that. What was the demise of the relationship or why did it um Well, you know, I, I think it was not fated to we were not fated to stay together for a long time. I mean, we mm -hmm. part of it was that we were trying to do long distance because I went back to college and he stayed mm -hmm. in Connecticut and I was in Maine. And that's a, like that's a big one. It just we were so young, but also like it wasn't going to work, which I knew, but I really liked at that point. I just was like so happy to have a boyfriend. <laughs> I oh, was like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is great, you know, because, you know, no one on my fucking campus wanted to date me. Oh, same. I did not have any boyfriends in college. I had people that I had sex with, but yes. yeah. No one was like dying to like profess their love for me or whatever. I mean, it's college, you know, people are partying, people are doing their thing. So we, we tried to keep it together. And then one, Literally, it only lasted for two weeks. And a big part of why we broke up is because, so we'd obviously keep in touch through like texting. And he really wasn't active on social media. So we'd call and we'd text. One day I dropped my phone in the toilet <laughs> in these, in the teeny, teeny little like dorm room bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck. So I go to the dining hall. I get it. I put it in rice and it works, but you have to keep the rice and you have to keep it in the rice for like a full day. So I couldn't talk to him that day. And when I, like, talked to him again, he was just, like, he, he like, mental health stuff. He was, like, hypomanic, but I think also, like, kind of a narcissist. So, like, he, did, he was very thin-skinned. He didn't deal well with any kind of, like, pushback on his ideas mm. and criticism and things like that. So, anyway, he completely flipped that we hadn't, like, had contact in a day, which I was confused by. Because I was, like, yeah, but, like, I'd, I dropped my phone in the toilet. Yeah, like there was like a reason. Like it wasn't like you were ignoring him. You had like an actual Yeah, reason. I think it was like very distressing to him that like he probably thought I ghosted him. It was just very narcissists need that connection though. They need that attention. They need the you know, that's like their oxygen. So I feel like he just yeah, totally freaked him out. So then we took a break, quote unquote, for three days. And over the course of that three days, I was like, wait, he's being so insane about this. Why am I dating him? So then we officially broke up. And but we kept, but we stayed in touch and we'd still FaceTime. And then when I was home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas break, we went to dinner. I had to pay obviously because he was real broke. And then on the way home, when he was driving me home, we got into a fight because I disagreed with him over something 
very mundane and totally irrelevant. And he's refused to speak to me ever since. And oh my god, the friend with benefits that I had in Connecticut is technically his best friend, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> he doesn't know I've been sleeping with this person since 2013. So. So suck it, Steve. <laughs> I guess is the moral of the story. Oh my God. You definitely dodged a bullet. Like I'm glad you got to experience like the great sex, but you yeah. definitely like That's the thing though. Like fucking bullet. I always want when I'm dating, I'm like, I wish I could just form a composite, the perfect person based on different qualities. So you take the sexual ability of Steve and you take this from someone mm-hmm. else and that from someone else. But humans are not build-a-bears it ends up only and i mean god knows you know when someone's dating me i'm sure they're not enamored of every single one of my qualities so i don't know (laughs) i don't know pam you're pretty cool you're pretty so that's the the ballad the saga of steve so thank you for listening to all of that you know he had redeeming qualities and one of them was his the fucking yeah but everything else about him kind of sounds like he sucks Because, like, come yeah. on, you just got to be able to take, you have to be able to take someone, like, not agreeing with your opinion. Like, it's going to happen yeah, on every, like, part of your life. It was really weird. It, yeah. So now as an adult, I'm like, oh, he had, pro- like, he had problems, you know. It didn't, like, have to do with me strictly. But, man, I'm not going to psychoanalyze him, but what a piece of work for sure. Um, does the friends with benefits know that y'all used to hook out? Like, that you and Steve used oh, to Oh, yeah. Have? And that's why Steve can't know. Steve would be so curious. Because he and I only dated for like three months, but it was so intense and he was so intense. And mm-hmm. so after I graduated, I started sleeping with this other guy, John, who's such a sweetheart, but he's a girlfriend now. So we're friends, but like we can't sleep together. So mm-hmm. if I'm in town, mm-hmm. maybe we'll like get a drink or something. Um, but um, yeah, he was the first person I slept with after my my long, long hiatus. And that helped because it, I already knew him and we had an existing relationship. And I I knew exactly what the parameters of it were. Mm-hmm. And he very not he's very not annoying. He's very like laid back and non-neurotic. And I think that's why the friend with benefits thing even worked. Because it's never worked for me in other circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's actually kind of working with someone right now. but since like October okay so knock on wood knock on wood and like this sounds so it's such a weird thing to impose a time frame on I would like to be in a relationship by the end of the year but that's also like the deadline by which I need to have my shit together in that case and I just don't yet so (laughs) I'm trying to work on that I think like I feel like everyone everyone being like the general we or you of being like you have to have your shit together to be in a relationship i feel like that's very not true you have to know what you want because then you can be like oh this person isn't gonna work out for me because of x y and z right steve's not gonna work out because he's a narcissist not gonna work but like i have like a year ago i think i have like a friend like like they broke up but then they got back together and she asked me because she knows like my um, she's friends with my um, fiance too. And she was like, how did you know? And so I even asked him, I was like, how did you know for me? And he was like, honestly, I think I just knew like that I was ready for something more. And so I feel like you're already halfway there. It's like, you know, you're ready for something more, which means a little bit more work beforehand. Like you have to do like it's like when you had an AP class and you had to do summer work. You gotta like write that essay out to be like to be like, oh, X, Y, and Z. But otherwise, like I don't think it's this like you have to be in this like perfect mindset. You have to be this perfect person. Cause like 
you know, seven years in with with Aaron and I'm still like not fucking perfect and like messing up left and right with shit on a personal and a professional and like a relationship level. Like, I think it's a really hard, hard, high and hard standard to put on ourselves to be like, we got to be in that perfect spot. And I just don't think it exists truly. So I think you're ready. Like, if you're like, this is what I want at this time, like manifest it, get that little, like, uh, what's it called when you like make like the board, the the vision vision board. Yeah, and I think you could be, like, in something where you are very happy by the end of the year. Thank you. I, I mean, I appreciate that. I fingers, fingers crossed. Maybe I should make a vision board, and there's one photo on it, and it's, like, Jodie Turner-Smith. I'm, ma- I'm manifesting <laughs> me breaking up her marriage so I can be with her. Weirder things have happened. <sighs> so true. And think about what it could do for my career. No, I... I also, like, haven't been able, part of why I was, like, I need to be more proactive and try to meet more women is because, like, I haven't been dating women as much as I'd like. Because I haven't been dating Mm -hmm. in general as much as I'd like because I'm busy. I have my day job. And then I have comedy Mm -hmm. stuff. And I also, you know what? I have my social life. I like to spend a lot of time alone. I'm introverted. And I need that time to recharge. And I like to have huge chunks of time where it's just me being able to write being able to read being able to work on my own Mm -hmm. creative ideas so I'm trying to figure out like I do think I'm theoretically ready for something but I'm also having trouble envisioning like how that would fit into my life or how I would have Mm -hmm. to fit how I would have to kind of reconfigure my life to incorporate Mm -hmm. a relationship like that in so I'm figuring it out it's a little scary because my friends are like really really like getting married and like some of them have kids and I'm just like am I should I be doing that or like what's the vibe (laughs) I mean again not a therapist but it sounds like you are so in the right spot because you're like these are the things that I need like I need to know that I will have this alone time and that I'll have time for comedy and friends when I want that and have time for the day job and like I'm truly the same exact way I'm a huge introvert I need a lot of alone time to recharge Comedy is a second job. Like, true, like Fridays are my day off, and it works out because Aaron works Fridays. So I do like a shit ton of writing on Fridays and then like podcasting and stuff. But then, like, it eats into your alone time. You're like, I just want to veg out and watch Siesta Key, you know? Like, I want to do something dumb, mm. but you have to. What, what happens is you have to week by week figure out what takes priority, right? So it's like this week comedy takes priority and then alone time will be next week and then like our alone time and like your relationship and like x y and z and just know that it does exist like a partner that understands like you need these things right like that you need uh sorry you need alone time for comedy you need shows they might come to a lot of your shows because they want to be with you Unless you're like, I don't need that type of like, I need like space from that. Like it does exist. And I feel like especially women in comedy, it's really easy to be like, oh, we can't have all of that. But it does. And it is not a comedian. The non-comedians get it. That's where the comedians are really bad. They can't do, they can't date another comedian. They don't understand like balance. Comedians don't have a sense of moderation or balance because we've been told that if you're pursuing something creative, it has to completely consume and maybe even destroy Mm -hmm. your life. Um, And that is such a toxic Mm -hmm. message. And like, Mm -hmm. 
there's, I think, so little to be gained from, like, hustle culture. Like, it just personally burns me out and makes me really unhappy. Mm -hmm. But was I going to say? Oh, so yes, I, it's very cool when someone, especially a non-comedian, will come into your shows or just, like, support your creative projects in whatever form they take. Like, I um, was seeing... A very cool woman I met on Tinder. I was sh- any to be honest. Anytime a woman matches with me, I'm like, really? I'm like shocked. I'm like, but you're so pretty. Like I just can't believe it. So anyway, <laughs> we we were dating for a little bit. She's really cool, but and she's a very real job. She's the social media manager for the MTA, and it's very time and energy consuming, as you'd imagine. And yeah, she's yeah. really good at what she does, but she like came our like second date. She came to one of my shows. She came to the show at the Graham and like was super supportive. And it was it was my birthday show. It wasn't my actual birthday, but that was like the hook of the show. That's how we're trying mm-hmm. to like desperately get butts and seats that week. And uh she's so cute. She wore a cute little party hat and brought other hats for people. It was very, very sweet. So uh... I think um yeah, I think I have to probably date more non-comedians. Because comedians I'm seeing I really like, but I'm like, I don't know that this will necessarily work. And it's not just the comedy, but it's a big factor. Yeah. And it's not like it couldn't work, but I just, from my experience, non-comedians. Where is she? Are you guys, wait, are you guys still dating? No, so we were, like, trying to, this was, like, mid-March. We were trying to, like, get together again. And, like, St. Patrick's Day was crazy. So we're, like, we're not going to we're not going to go out on that day. Let's rain check. And then I was trying to get together with her and she, um, she had been telling me that she had like, she gets like stress migraines, like triggered from her Mm. job basically. And she's like, I gotta, I gotta, I have to take a break from dating and like figure this out. And I was like, that makes sense. You should definitely do that. You should definitely Mm. prioritize your health, you know? Yeah. So I'd like to think the door isn't completely closed, but I'm obviously like, I immediately was like, of course, and like gave her space. So, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, doors definitely not closed there. Uh, unfortunately, again, just I, I'm someone that's dealt, dealt with migraines like that. Uh, they become time all like all consuming and you're just like, I want this to end. But they do end, you know, normally knock on wood. So I don't think the door is closed there. Would you say you have the same, like you're looking for the same thing in a woman when you um, are looking to date a woman compared to like when you're dating? Your dad. <laughs> Broadly speaking, yes. I think I just have a set of a separate set of criteria for men because I'm I'm scrutinizing them harder. Mm-hmm. As as one should. As one should. I have to make sure that they're like woman friendly enough to be with. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds very oh, yeah. silly, but it's it's true. There's it's not like I'm, you know, actually putting them through like litmus tests, but you I'm very observant and very like I pay close attention to see how they react to certain things, you know? Oh, yeah, you gotta. Especially, again, especially, like, as a performer or comedian, you gotta make sure that they are, like, self-confident enough to have a woman in their life that is that self-confident as well. And not all men can or want that, which is, like, horrifying. Um, So, you like, I don't think that's anything wrong with being, like, that type of, like, uh, having that type of scrutiny on a person. Yeah, I just, you know, I have to, it's self-preservational. I'm trying to protect my, I'm a Pisces, I'm sensitive, I have a lot of feelings, and I have to, like, Mm -hmm. take care of myself in that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's all good things. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, that's 
bad, but that's great. That means like you're like totally just no. into like taking care of yourself first. That's great. Once I started really like holding people to certain standards and certain criteria, like my dating life got so much better. Yes. Yes. Like be fucking picky. Like not even, not everyone even, it would not be a good use of my time to even like have one glass of wine with like the average person in New York city, the average dude, to be honest. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was out last week and I met a pilot. This is so random. This is like the last like weird dating dispatch I'll give you. No, I love it. I mean, it's literally the show. I love this. Okay. Commercial pilot or like small pilot? No, he flies for Delta. Oh shit. And I, and I looked up when we were comparing licenses, I clocked his last name because I was like, let me Google this guy and see if he's a murderer (laughs) or a liar, a fabulist. So I can confirm that he did not lie about his identity. He is a commercial pilot and he flies for Delta and he's been flying with them for a long time and he's, and he likes his job. And I ran into him. I, I went to see a show with a friend at Joe's pub. And then I was like, we're in the East village. I'll take you to this bar. And he was there alone, presumably to pick up women. I assume that's why straight men would do that. I don't know. Especially as a pilot, to Abel's like just throw that out just very oh, quickly. Yeah. And before he left with me to get another drink somewhere else, the fucking bartender gave him her number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so we spent a few hours together and I had him like walk me home and we kissed. He was bad at kissing, but I don't, it was, which is weird. I don't know. I'm like, are you like 38? Like learn how to kiss. Anyway. Yeah. You're only allowed to be bad at it until like after your like third kiss. Like you get some practice time. Yeah. Maybe I'm bad at it. Like, but I think I'm good at it. I don't know. No. No one's complaining. No, I, don't I don't think you're bad at it. Exactly. No, you're, it's always dudes that are bad kissers. I feel like too. There's just something, I don't know. I think it's because they're not, they're not sensual. Mm, mm-hmm. Kissing is sensual and they don't always understand mm-hmm. the restraint required. They don't, they're, because they're horny. Like, in that moment, they're just, they're horny, you know? Yeah. Means to an end type of thing. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they've started revving up and it's like they want to, they want to go the distance, you know? Yeah. So I think they've already started losing control of their bodies at that point. But <laughs> I gave him my number and I was like, text me because he allegedly yesterday got back from Ghana. That was like the next place he had to fly to. And he, and I was like, I bet you that guy's not going to text me because he really wanted to just fuck me or somebody that night and he didn't text and I don't think that he will but I'm not I'm at the point in my life where I'm like I can't do a full one night stand I'm like I can't wake up in Long Island City like I just Mm -hmm. I can't do it and not just because I hadn't bothered shaving my legs like I I just you know I think I'm worth getting to know enough even if we are only gonna have sex one time I still think I'm worth getting to know enough that like We'd meet mm-hmm. up separately another time and hang out and then maybe have sex and then yeah. maybe never talk again. But even so, I still think I'm worth investing that small amount of time in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've never been good at one night stands either. And I've never been good at staying the night at someone's place. That's always a big one. Where I'm always like, I'm actually going to go now and do a two hour commute from like Park Slope to East Harlem on a Thursday night because I just uh oh I'll I'll do an hour-long train ride to like be yeah. in my own space yeah it's something about being in your own space oh god last time I did a full like 
spent the night and was like, oh, this is not going to work. I like got lost in Williamsburg because my phone was dead. And I was like in like a party dress like 7 a.m. And like, I was just so bad. Like the, the sex was bad. The guy kept the, the dog on the bed. And I was like, I would love the dog not to be on the bed. And he was like, he's blind. And I was like, ah, it's still there. Like he's still there. I can see him. No, you have to move a dog. You have to move a dog. Yeah. Temporarily. Yeah. So, y- yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Um, I have like been making out with someone and their dog literally tries to get like they push their snoot oh. in. And I'm just like, I love your dog, but your dog is now cock blocking me. One time on the live show. Oh, God, I can't remember who it was. They were like having sex. The person had a dog. The dog came in and licked her butthole. And I was like, I would have been out. I would have been out. The dog should have been in a different room. Why? And like the guy was like not quick enough to like stop it. He kind of had a, this isn't that big of a deal vibe. And it's like, this is a big deal. No, that scares me. Cause then you know that that dog has like licked his balls before, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, oh God. That's bad. Oh. And he probably liked it, you know? Yeah. Put some peanut butter down there. We've all heard those stories. Uh, no, that's not good. And I love animals, but I don't want, them to watch me fuck and they have and i think they were fully traumatized by it (laughs) like oh god my cat is very elderly so i keep her away from it i'm like this could kill Mm -hmm. her we don't know she's like 16 give her legit stroke yeah she doesn't want to see that she also like (laughs) sometimes when i masturbate and i start making sounds she starts meowing she thinks that i'm (laughs) trying to communicate with her and i'm like marzipan i please stop i literally i just love the idea too of you like mid masturbation mid stroke being like marzipan stop marzipan marzipan stop it that's one a great cat name but to just have to say that word like (sighs) mid and it's not like a safe word you know oh my god that's so great mars she's so good she's so good she's so she's so old oh my gosh 16 that is old especially for a cat like that's an old cat yeah she's an old lady she's a great cat though when is your next um just come is it every tuesday it's every tuesday uh at 8 30 at the gram in east williamsburg and we have a great fun different lineup every week and we have uh dylan adler on the keys is our resident musical accompanist oh, and nice. comedian at least until he moves to la and um it's it's a good time, yeah. If you're local, I would definitely encourage people to come through, and it's and it's free. We just do we do tips, and we have table service, and the Graham has food now. It's a little gastro pub. Oh, so nice. you can have beer and like a real dinner, or you can just get some apps, get some Brussels sprouts or tots. It's fun. Fuck yeah, I have to come. I haven't been yet. I have to come. To oh my show. gosh, come through, please. It's a it's a good time. We'll do shots. Oh hell's yeah. Oh, well, thank you again so much. This was a great episode. Um, and I'm sorry you still have to go back to work, but hopefully not too much longer. No problem. I got four hours of work and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power through these projects and show them exactly why they keep letting me have health insurance. Hells yeah, I fucking love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Natalie. I appreciate it. Of course. Bye. Bye. Thank you all. Thank you again um, for coming back, listening. Thank you, Pam. Remember, you can follow her at Pam, not Anderson, on the socials. And that she's got her show, Just Come, every Tuesday at the Gram. And y'all, I will see you next week.